man. Come on. The light's green. Let's go. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Now, Jim Mercedes had some greats play for his Colts organization. Mainly, you know, the sheriff there, old Peyton Manning. Nice. Late to work sports. sports. What up, world, and welcome to another episode of Late to Work Sports. I'm your host, as always, Jonathan, with my co-host, Ray. What up, Ray Ray? What's up, John? I think we got a few things to talk about this week. Yeah, yeah, and not only do we have a few things to talk about, but we got a special guest on this week, Mr. Josh. What is going on, Josh? What's going on, man? How are you? Pretty good, man, pretty good. Got a, got a little MLB recap I heard coming from you. Yep. So, should be a good show, man. If y'all gentlemen are ready, we'll go ahead and kick it. Let's do it. I'm ready if you are. All right. Well, first off, I guess let's go ahead and hit this uh, NHL recap. And uh, so far, we got Dallas and uh, Vegas playing each other. And then, obviously, Carolina and Florida, like we talked about last week. So... Both teams right now that are winning are winning two and zero. So you got Dallas and Vegas. Vegas is up two and two to zero, and uh, both games have been decided in OT with this. And both games have honestly been very different for them, man. Um, but decided the same way, obviously. Neither team seems to be winning on power plays. They're they're pretty even. They got one goal apiece on power plays. But it does seem to be that Vegas is the more physical team. Um, they got way more hits in the in the series, and then uh, shots on goal though it does tip slightly to Dallas. But uh, one cool thing about the overtime wins, man, is both of them were decided in the first two minutes. So there's nothing more heartbreaking take it from a Tampa Bay Lightning fan who never can seem to win in overtime. Nothing more heartbreaking than, than waiting all the commercial break, prepping, and then going out there in the first two minutes the game's over. So, Ray Ray, what do you think about the this series, man? I, I don't remember exactly which one you had picked to win. I think it was Vegas, so I think it's going in your favor, correct? Well, no. Uh, uh, um, originally, I had Kraken when we last talked about it, but as we see, the Kraken didn't get that far. Mm. So... Yeah, at at this right. point, I don't I don't really know who I'm who I'm pulling for, you know, because I guess I guess I'll pull for Vegas <laughs> with the farm team being down here. So, uh, go Knights, I guess go Knights. But yeah, man, it's it's been a good series. I mean, if everything's <laughs> going to overtime, that means it's a good series, right? It's, it's good hockey. Yeah. Not if you're a fan. Not, I mean, if you're a fan of the team, it's just heart attack. It's just just sadness waiting to happen one way or the other. Oh, dude. OT games in hockey, but no man, I don't. I don't got much to say on on, on this one. Hmm. Josh, what do you think? You you caught any of these hockey games? I'm not even gonna lie to you, man. I'm not a big hockey guy, but I did see. <laughs> um, I think it was like two weeks ago, where the game went to. It was a. I think it was like game five or something like that, and the team went into overtime and was in like the first two and a half minutes overtime that the team scored a goal in the 
series was over and all that other stuff. So that was pretty fun to watch. I actually watched that game, or I watched like 25 minutes of that game. And hockey is a real physical sport, so I try to watch as many physical sports as possible when I'm able to. So it's real fun to sit down and relax and watch some hockey when I can. (laughs) This man said it's fun to sit down and relax and watch physical sports. He's relaxing while people are getting their spine readjusted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he just likes man. watching every people sweat put in the work. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Just, I don't like well, uh, sports is his yeah. favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> he just loves watching them. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, well uh, uh, also, before we get too far, hey, Josh, welcome back for the sec- welcome, welcome back for the second time. Also, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. Before we leave you Appreciate hanging on that it. for too long. Yeah, it's it's, it's not first time. My bad, Second Josh. Time. My bad. I just ready to roll right into it. No, you're good. Just ready to go, man. Well, now that we got the pleasantries out of the way, we're on to Carolina versus Florida, and I'm sure a lot of people didn't see Florida making it this far. I'm sure a lot of people didn't see Florida making it past Boston, but here we are, and Florida leads the series two to nothing. Again, both games were decided in OT. But the difference here is the games weren't decided in the first two minutes. Game one was decided with 13 seconds left in the fourth overtime period. So in case you're curious, they played the equivalency of two full games with an overtime. And they were getting ready to start the fifth overtime when uh, when Florida finally scored to end it, so that one's that's painful, man. To play that much and lose, that's demoralizing. I mean, if you're the team that wins, you're excited, but if you're the team that loses, that's a, that's a rough one. I think it was like the sixth longest hockey game in playoff history. Um, this one's kind of uh, shots on goals, man. They're 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 hurricanes by a lot. I mean, it's not even close. Um, but. When you look at hits, Florida is definitely the more physical team. That's what we are kind of seeing as a trend here is that in both these series, whoever's the more physical team is winning it. Florida has over se- or 17 more hits than Carolina in the series in two games. So, Ray Ray, you've, uh, you think Florida's got enough to continue to, to – Hold off the Hurricanes, or you think the Hurricanes are going to take this one? Well, you know, I stayed uh, with the Canes since the beginning, so I might have to keep pulling for the Canes to come back. But at this rate, man, it's uh, it's not looking too good. But I can tell you, talking about that long game, you got your money's worth if you're a fan. I mean, if you, you spent that money for a mm-hmm. playoff game, I mean, what a better game to go to if you had nothing else to do the following day. But, uh, no, man, I, I'm going to stick it with the Canes. <laughs> I think that they're just going to have to uh, – Get more physical and take more shots. You know, what is it Rain Gretzky said? You got a, what, what's the quote? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Uh, Michael Scott, Wayne Gretzky, something like that. I mean, I, they, they got a chance, but. <laughs> what's wrong with you? I, I, hey, man, there's plenty. Of, there's a lot going on up here. I'm, I believe they'll pull it out. Oh, uh, I've been wrong God. a lot. When we, when we get to the NBA section, that's going to be something to talk about. But this hockey one, I've gotten a little at least half and half going on. So uh, I believe in the Canes. I'm going to leave it there. I got nothing else to say about that. 
Josh, what do you think about a four overtime game? You say you like physical games. Do you think at some point like your anxiety would just crush you if you're a fan of this team? Or uh or do you think, you know, you would just be on your edge and loving every second of it? What do you what do you think? Well, me personally, if I would have watched that game, I would probably got uh if I was a fan of one of the teams in that game, I would my nerves would have probably been shot and I would have probably had to cut it off and go to bed. But um <laughs> I mean, like Ray said, those those fans definitely got their money's worth if they paid a tick if they paid for a ticket that game, if their team won, of course. But um, yeah, man, that he'd be at the gym lifting out his transgressions to it. <laughs> so actually, I actually got it pulled up right now. Um, the Panthers just scored um a couple seconds ago, and that that game right now is one uh, zero. The Panthers are up on the Hurricanes 1-0 right now. Man, Panthers. The Panthers are trying to win it. The Panthers make it and Vegas makes it. Both teams will compete for their very first Stanley Cup. So. So history will be made no matter what. Yeah. I had it 50% correct. I had, uh, I think I had um, Vegas versus the Canes. As of right now, one of them's looking good, one of them's not looking so good, especially with that goal from Panthers. But do, gentlemen, do uh, either one of y'all, whichever one y'all want to answer this, do y'all think either team can come back from this? Like I said, being down 2-0, there's always a chance to come back. I think once you get down to that 3-0, it's just, is it even worth it anymore? I think that's the uh, mentality some people get. Because you just don't see people claw back from it. I think at that point, the... People just get defeated. They just feel like, what's the point? Am I really about to go out here and try? We're already this far back. But right now, there's still there's still a chance. I mean, 30 minutes is a lot of hockey to play to come back up two goals. But, I mean, it's once you go down 3-0, no, there's no chance. So if they don't get on it tonight, then they're not going to get on it at all. Let me ask you a question, Josh. Do you think these wins that, right, so all four of the wins so far have been overtime wins? Right. So in hockey, okay. you know, it's not like the NFL football, right? Or basketball, right? Set time period. NFL, you get a chance to, you know, go back, blah, blah. This is sudden death. First goal, that's it. Game over. So let me ask you a question. Do you think these wins were legitimately the better team won all of them? Or do you think it was just luck favoring them? You know, the the teams that have won so far. And really it's like, hey, it's still anybody's game. Y'all just got the luck of the draw there. What's your what's your thought on it? Um, I'm gonna have to go with the uh luck of the draw. I mean, whoever was feeling the best that night, if it went into overtime and it's all about how you get the W in my opinion. It don't matter who you are, if if you're willing to Go out on the ice and do what you can. You got to do it. So I, I, I'm going to roll with the it's anybody's game still. I was going to say, uh, going off of what Josh said, man, it's it's no different than baseball in the sense of it's not about who's the better team. It's just about who's hot right now and who's wanting to win right now. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. You can be hot one hot. day and be ice cold the next, so. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, uh, with that, then we'll uh, we'll close up this NHL recap, and uh, we'll roll into the NBA recap, which seems to be playing out the same way as uh, as hockey is right now. Only one team from each game seems to be winning, but we'll let uh, we'll let Austin talk more on that one. So, hey, Austin, you got it. What's up, guys? I've got a lot of awesome games to talk about as well as some crazy stats, so let's get straight into it. It's conference finals week, finally, so we have the Lakers and Nuggets playing in Heat and Celtics. To start us off, we have the Heat and Celtics, but first, before I start talking about the games, I want to point out that the Heat are an 8th seed in the Eastern Conference Final with 7 undrafted players, as well as them not having Tyler Hero or Victor Aladipo playing for them currently. Heat take game one with Jimmy leading the floor, 35 points, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds, and not to mention his 6 steals as well. On the other side of the court, Jason Tatum drops 30 points and an assist with 7 rebounds as they come up short in game one. Game two is taken by the Heat as well as they go up 2-0 with Jimmy again leading the floor as he scores 27 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. But we also have Bam getting up 17 rebounds as well as 22 points and 9 assists. Another key player for this game was Caleb Martin coming off the bench with 25 points. The Heat win both in games in Boston, so they come back to Miami for game three to put on another show. As they continue to win and take game three and take a 3-0 lead in the series, it seemed to me that the Celtics couldn't get any players to have a good shooting night as the team as a whole shot 39.8 from the field and the Heat were shooting 56.8 from the field, so you tell me. Jimmy also wasn't even leading the team tonight in points just to show that he's not out there alone. Vincent puts up 29 points with Robinson getting up 22 points. And for the Celtics, their highest player tonight was Tatum again, but he only got 14 points and 10 rebounds. To wrap up this series, the Heat are up 3-0 with the next game staying in Miami. So the Celtics are in need of a win or they go home. And man, they need a miracle if they want a chance to go to the finals since nobody in NBA history has ever came back from being down 3-0 in a series. Now on to the Nuggets and Lakers games. Game 1 was a seriously high scoring game with the final result being 126-132 and the Nuggets winning that one. Jokic gets up another triple-double, and at this point, it's almost like a nightly routine thing to see. Jokic puts up 34 points, 21 rebounds, and 14 assists. Murray puts up 31 points, and Carwell Pope gets up 21 points in the win. Now for the Lakers, LeBron gets up 26 points and 12 rebounds with 9 assists, almost getting himself a triple-double. And Austin Reeves shooting the lights out with 5 three-pointers, giving him 23 points and 8 assists. And not to forget AD having probably, probably one of the quietest 40 point nights I've witnessed. As I was watching the game, I had no idea that he had that many points until they showed a graphic, and it was just shocking to see that he was having such an amazing night in the shadow of Jokic. No diss to AD, no shade thrown to AD. He was just having a great game. Jokic was just doing great as well. Now, game two is again taken by the Nuggets, and the story of this one was Jamal Murray 23 points in the fourth quarter to solidify their win. He ends the game with 37 points and 10 rebounds. Jokic gets another triple-double with 23 points, 17 rebounds, and 12 assists. The Lakers put up an amazing fight as they have some big scores tonight. LeBron and Reeves both had 22 points as LeBron almost gets another triple-double with 9 rebounds, 10 assists. Also, AD getting 18 points and 14 rebounds, and Hachimura comes off the bench with 21 points. 
After this game, there was a stat floating around that LeBron was 1-20 on threes in the fourth quarter this postseason and had missed 19 straight after making his first. Game 3 goes back to LA, but the Nuggets still take Game 3 and go up 3-0. Murray in the first five minutes of this game had 11 points and, a, and was 100% from the field, and that's when I knew he was about to have a great game as he finishes with 37 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. Jokic also gets up 24 points, 6 rebounds, and 8 assists for the Lakers. Reeves and LeBron both put up 23 points as LeBron gets 12 assists and AD gets up 28 points and 18 rebounds. Now to wrap this series up, the next game is still in LA, so maybe the Lakers can squeeze out a win as they're at home. But as I said, no one in history has ever came back from being down 3-0 in a series. But it's LeBron, man. You never know what's going to happen. And I guess we'll just have to see how this one goes. But that's it for me, guys. See you. Alright, man. Appreciate that, Austin. So, with that, man, I I don't really have too much to say. There's not much going on here, at least uh, when you look at all the teams. I mean, one team in each series is crushing it, but that's pretty much it. So, you got the, the Nuggets and the Lakers. The Nuggets seem to have the Lakers numbers. I mean, they're just crushing them. LeBron's been swept twice. Um, but in, in his career in the playoffs, excuse me, but, um, only once or, or it's only happened in the, in the finals and that was Oh seven and Oh eight. So the Lakers are playing game four to, to basically get sent home in LA. So Bravery, let me ask you a question, man. Do you, do you think the Lakers can win this one? Do you, do you think at least win one game? Or are they really about to get shut out and swept in front of their home crowd? Yeah, man, so with what you said, being how these series are going, I just don't see LeBron wanting to get swept again. So I can see him doing what it takes to not get swept again. Right now they're winning 55-43 to in the second. I mean, that's obviously not a big lead. 12 points is nothing in the NBA. They're obviously not going to come back and win it. They're not going to be the first team to do it, to win these four games. It's just not going to happen. But I think at this point, you're just playing for pride. You know, I know that's kind of a little contradicting to what I said, but it also depends on the mentalities of these these captains. And just given who LeBron is, I just don't see him wanting to be swept again. Like, it's like, we're, we're not going to win the whole thing, but we're not going to get skunked either. Uh, so that's how I see it over there in, in L.A. So I'll say they'll go with one, but they'll lose 4-1. Okay, okay. Well, uh, we got the Celtics heat, and I'll uh, I'll get your take on this one, Josh. So this is actually a repeat of last year's conference finals. And this year's going a lot different, man, Um, obviously. So the Celtics, they're struggling to score, and the Heat, they can't seem to miss. So last night, the Heat beat the brakes off Cleveland and ended up winning the game by uh, 26 points. So just like the Nuggets being up 3-0 against the Lakers, the Heat are up 3-0 against the Celtics. Jason Tatum struggling, turnover machine, just like he was last year. Looks like he, he can't get it together when it's prime time, when it's you know the big lights of, not really prime time, but the big lights of the playoffs, man. Too much pressure, maybe you name it, you know. Do you see the Celtics coming back from this? 
or is the Miami Heat playing down in Miami game four to advance to the to the NBA Finals? Is that going to be too much motivation for the Celtics to overcome? What's your What's your thought on that, Josh? So me personally, I think that Miami is just gonna run with that series, and they're gonna go to the finals. Um, I'm looking at the stats right now. Um, Jimmy Butler's averaging 22.9 a game uh, with 5.9 rebounds per game with a 5.3 assist. And then uh, you turn around and you look at Boston. Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum is averaging 30.1 with 8.8 rebounds per game and uh, 4.6 assists per game. I mean, in my opinion, Celtics just can't get anything rolling. Um, I mean, it looks like Tatum's going to have to start getting that assist per game. Uh, he's going to have to try to get that total up if he's going to try to come back in this series. But with me, I'm a betting man. Too, man. Oh, yeah. With me, I'm a betting man. I'm going to run with this series, and I'm going to I'm going to say uh, Miami's going to take it and go to the go to the finals. Yeah, I think uh, I personally think Miami can complete the sweep in Miami. Um, yeah, because I mean they were barely beating them, but they were winning in Boston. And as soon as they came back to Miami, that home court, man, it was a whole other story. I mean, it was just I, I was watching the game. I left for like I don't know. 30 minutes or so came back and it was like, Whoa. I mean, it was like, I, I, it was, there was a 25 point gap and I was like, what is going on? And you could just see the bench, man. They were just demoralized. So, so we assume right now the nuggets and the heat, right? They're going to, mm-hmm. they're going to close it out one way or the other. Um, if they close it out in game four, this will be the first time in NBA history that both conference finals have been decided on sweeps. But if they don't sweep them, right, how many mm-hmm. games is it going to take for them to get closed out? Or how many games is the other team going to win? So out of the 149 playoff series that have been 3-0, and 14 times has a team been able to push it to game six and then lost. Uh, three times had they been able to push it to game seven, but never has anybody come back down 3-0. So mm-hmm. I know LeBron's going to be wanting to be like, well, I can do this, I can do this, but. So I got the stats pulled up right now. Um, it's looking like Miami is scoring – they're averaging 114.9 a game, and the Nuggets are averaging 116.6 a game. Um, and then you have the ha- or the the Lakers at 112.4. I mean, in my opinion, I don't think LeBron gets swept. I think they close it. I think the the Nuggets close it out in. I think they close it out in six. I think LeBron manages to somehow collect his team, and. Um, somehow get it to six games. And then I have the Celtics series going to game six as well. But I think Jimmy Butler and all them, I think they close that series out. And then I think I think Miami runs with it this year, and I think they 
they ended up winning the finals. I hope so. Who, uh, Noah, who do you have winning this one? Yeah, so down there in Boston, Miami, man, it's it's like we talked about with the last episode that it's it's Boston's game to lose, right? I mean, the Heat was given a 3% chance to win it, and it's obviously, like we said, Jimmy's just wanting to win it all. I could see out of the two games, That's I see right. Boston getting completely swept at this point because they're, they're not playing like a unit. They're not playing how we said – they're playing exactly how we said they would have to play for the Heat to win, and that, that's what we see what's going on. So at this point, yep. I think the Heat has everything going for them. It's, it's now the Heat's game to lose. The Heat, I think, win in four. I think LeBron will push it to game five, but then at that point they're just going to fold. So I, I, I'd have to disagree with Josh with the pushing it to six. I don't think they're going to be the 15th and 16th teams to do that. I think uh, Boston's going to get swept for sure. Down in Miami, you just saw the the atmosphere change. It's definitely a great sports town for basketball, and that crowd brings it. Yep. I just think the L.A. fans are already, you know, you don't have so many true L.A. fans that the, the bandwagons aren't going to come out in droves to give you that pressure and atmosphere or anything you need. So I'll see them. Uh, they'll win the one, but then after that, they'll be done. Okay, well, let me touch up on that for you for a second. I don't mean to <laughs> run into you, John. But, um, you go for it, man. You can never, in my opinion, I don't think you can count Boston out, man. I mean, you got Jalen Brown, um, Blake Griffin, Al Horford, um, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Grant Williams. He went to Tennessee, by the way. Um, I don't think you can count them out. Um, I think this series does go to six, and I think Miami does end up pulling it out. But well, you know, Josh, it's okay to have these opinions, but this this isn't Boston. This this isn't the Boston we know. This isn't this isn't the Ray Allen, the Rajon Rondo Boston. This is just a bunch You're of right, old men not. and a bunch of young guns who can't put anything together. So it's not – that's like saying it's the New England Patriots. It's not the New England Patriots anymore. It's just not the same team. They're not winners anymore. They they just are not. They don't have the mentality that Miami has for them right now. And I, that's why I say they're going to get swept because they're so mentally weak compared to the other team. They mentally don't care. Al Horford's probably right like, now. dang. Yeah, Al Horford's like, man, how many times am I going to come here and just never win? He's like, this is life. How this is going to be it for the rest of y'all. And and then Jimmy, on the other hand, is like, I like rings. We're going to get a ring. Yeah. yeah Jimmy's like, yeah. I got I to gotta win so one for, for old Papa MJ. <laughs> oh, man. Well, speaking of rings, gentlemen. Speaking of rings real quick, before we roll into our next topic, I wanted to kind of throw this one out there. Y'all hear that uh, old Tom Terrific just bought a minority stake in the Las Vegas Raiders with old Mr. Mark Davis and his wonderful haircut. What a uh, good move by Tom Brady, Ray Ray, or bad move by Tom Brady? Hey, man, any chance you have to get to stay in the game without being in the game or progress in the future and keep yourself in something you love is a good move regardless it's like buying into when you have the chance to. It may not be the team he wants to buy into, but it's the team he had the chance to buy into. And however you want to skin the cat now, it is his team. So I, I think it's a good move because it's no different than if any of the three of us had a chance to buy in. We don't we don't care the franchise, I'm sure. We're going to buy into that franchise. Unless it's the Saints, yeah. Josh, what do you think? 
<laughs> um, me personally, I don't think I don't think it's a good pick for for Tom. Uh, I mean, I don't remember the last time the Raiders were good. I mean, well, maybe they just need probably... Party Town Tom to come show him what's up. You seen how he threw that trophy, right? That Lombardi. It was uh, that was the tequila talking that day. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that was the tequila talking. But no, man. I mean, I think Tom Brady should just. I mean, he just signed a sports broadcasting deal with I think it was Fox or whoever it was for like two hundred seventy-five million dollars. I think he should just Godly. stick to the uh, broadcasting and get his fingers out of the out of the candy dish. Because the Raiders aren't it. Man, Tom Tom Brady's just not that guy, though, to put on a suit and, t- and sit behind a desk. He is a hands-on guy. He's looking for any opportunity to get out there and dog out who he can and tell him to be better and to stop being trash and to step it up. And he knows he can get away with that a lot better as an owner than he ever could in the broadcasting booth. I mean, I got it pulled up right now. He don't have a chance. He's got Kansas City, the Chargers, <laughs> the Broncos. I mean, come on. Let's be yeah, realistic but it's not a, here. It's not a, it's not a uh, next year they're going to win a Super Bowl turnaround. You know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah. it's a long-term plan. You know, now he gets to a – not only was he the, the QB1 when Jimmy G was behind him, but now he gets to uh, sign Jimmy G's paychecks too. Yeah. I mean, they had a 353 winning percentage last year. And like you said, it's not going to be a one-year turnaround where they win the Super Bowl. But I think in that division, I think it's going to be at least an eight- to ten-year turnaround deal before they can even compete with the Chiefs. And I don't think Tom Brady sticks around for that long. It's not going to turn around quick. We'll see, man, because if he sits on the Raiders and themselves, though, I was going to say, so, so tell me who on the Raiders, though, had a winner's mentality at any position at any given time. And now you have a guy who's come in. Like, I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but, you know, game-recognized game. Like, you, you won this many for a reason. You know, there's a better chance of you winning that Super Bowl still than Steph hitting that three for a reason. This winner's mentality is going to come in. And as an owner, you know, he can say, hey, Mr. GM, you know, you, you're going to do this or not have a job. And they're just going to – I think – I agree with you. It's going to take some time, but – I don't think him as a GM is just or as a, a owner will back out after eight to ten years. I really see him being more like a uh, like over there in Dallas. Can't even think of of his name. He's gonna have his hand all in the candy still though, as you said. He's gonna be a part of it. So I give him a four. Jerry year Jones. Now. Yeah, Talk yeah. It's gonna be like Jerry. Jerry's world. Well, I got the roster pulled up for the for the Raiders right now. You got oh man, Josh is on this now. This was supposed to be a short topic. He will not let this <laughs> one go, man. Get it, Josh? Josh Jacobs, Jameer White, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Carter, Philip Dorsett, Chris Lacey, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro. I mean, you got some dogs on this roster, and I don't think they. I don't think they they have the talent still. I mean, you got to get a line. You got to get a de- defensive line. And the only li- the only name they have on the D line right now is Chandler Jones, which is John Jones's brother. But uh, well, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. That's it on the D line. And you, we all know that a D line doesn't just come from two players. You, I mean, you got to go out and you got to spend at least 
eighty million dollars on a D, on a D line, and I don't think that the Raiders have the funds to do that. I mean, they might now with Tom Brady behind them, but I don't see them going out and spending money like the Patriots or the Cincinnati Bengals or anybody like that to 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 get a D line. Yeah, I mean, wait, no, that's not we'll necessarily like said, wrong. But considering that they have Tom Brady now, it's going to change everything. So we're going to have more of a a real put after a year to see what this dude actually wants to do with that team. Well, we got eight or eight to ten years, so we're going to see. <laughs> All right, well, we're going we're going to move on because Josh is passionate about this one. We'll be talking about this one for a while. So, well, my boy. Uh, Carmelo Anthony announced his retirement this year, and uh, I grew up loving Carmelo. He was the reason that I liked the Denver Nuggets when I was younger. Um, he's retired after 19 years, so let me just throw some awards he won for y'all gentlemen here. Ten-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA. He was the 2012-2013 scoring champ. He was the 03-04 All-Rookie. NBA 75th anniversary team, ninth highest scorer in league history. He's won three Olympic gold medals, one bronze, and he ranks first in the U.S. Olympics basketball team for games played with 31, points scored 336, field goals, uh, field goals made 113, field goals attempted 262, rebounds 125. Three points attempted, 139. Free throws attempted, 53. And free throws made, 71. So, in my opinion, gentlemen, no doubt Hall of Famer. Uh, With a resume like that, I I don't know how you can say any other thing. So, Josh, uh, you think easy Hall of Famer? Or you think he's going to have a struggle getting in there? Or or is he not going to get in there at all? Well, I'm a big Carmelo guy. Um, I think Carmelo is no doubt a Hall of Famer. I just think it might take a little time. Um, I mean, Carmelo averaged 22.5 points per game. Um, I just don't think Carmelo had the the big names around him ever to really do what he had to do to to really sketch his name in the in the talk of the of the goats and in, in basketball but i think no doubt carmelo is a hall of famer no doubt about it Rory, what you think so going off the olympic stat alone and being all that you know that's where you can see where he shined obviously because he he has this team around him this super team so i think based off of that alone it shows it's the what if question in the nba if you did put bigger names around him i'm gonna say he's gonna be a first rounder no doubter that he's not gonna struggle i just think that that's a big name the nba just lost Uh, that's another one of those names where you don't have to know much about basketball and you hear that name and you're like does he still play for the Knicks? You know, that's probably what you're going to say. You don't know what team he's on, but at one point in time, you knew he was there. So I think he's no doubter for sure, and definitely a fun one to have watched before 
And you got to remember with averages, as they get older, you know, most guys don't continue to be good, so it falls off. So the real average I would look at is when he was in his prime, when he was able to play well, and not when he's getting older and like, yeah, it's about time to hang up the shoes. So, yeah, again, first rounder, no doubter. They lost a great one. Let me uh, let me pose a question to both you gentlemen, right? And this is something I've seen today when obviously he announced he's retiring. So he wore the number 15 when he played with the Denver Nuggets. Well, if you know anything about the Denver Nuggets, you will know that uh, Jokic wears number 15 right now. Two great players that have played with the Nuggets. Eventually, the Nuggets, I'm assuming, is going to retire the number 15, right? Which one of the number 15s do they retire? Do they retire Melo? Do they retire Jokic? Or is it, hey, we're retiring both of them because the number 15s just meant so much to this organization? What's your thought on that, Josh? Um, Me, personally, I think they... I think there's only one true 15 in the Knicks organization, or in the Nuggets organization. Um, and that, 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 that's Carmelo Anthony. I don't care the numbers, Jojic puts ups. I don't, I don't care about that. Carmelo Anthony is by far the face of the Denver Nuggets, and he always will be. Um, but I think if and when the Nuggets retire that number and he still wears that number, I think it's kind of going to be like a scenario where the where Mariano Rivera continued to wear 42 until he retired. I think it's kind of going to be like one of those scenarios where they'll allow him to continue to wear number 15 until he either gets traded or opts into free agency or he just finishes out his career there and then they have a situation at hand. But I think there's only one true 15 in the Nuggets organization, and that's Carmelo Anthony. Ray, Ray, what's your thought on that? So what you have to ask yourself is uh, who did more for the organization? So at the end of the day, if Jokic plays for the organization longer and he puts up more stats and he breaks more records and he takes you to more rings and he wins more MVPs, you'd be absolutely dumb to put anybody else's name up there with the number. Because at the end of the day, I don't care about the last guy who wore it when I go to retire this. I'm going to care about who put in the most for my organization so it goes to say that right now, you know, you can say that it it was Carmelo, but right now you think Nuggets, you think Jokic. You think who was in the MVP, you think Jokic. So as of right now, it's not about who was the face, it's about who is the face. And so if Jokic takes him far enough and wins enough games, and even if he just, even if he never wins, but they keep getting to the conference finals or they keep getting to the championship you know, it's going to be, hey, this guy's done the most for us. If we decide to retire, it's going to be Jokic. So it's one of those time will tell. Again, it's if they retire it, because at some point we're going to be getting into triple digits anyway for jerseys or just having to unretire everything or put asterisk marks or whatever. Who knows? But if they retired it today, it's I think it's still a toss-up. So I, I can't really say one way or the other. I'm going to say personally I think Jokic – right now has overtook it and it's not so much that I think Jokic is the better player um or anything like that like but um cuz or, or not even that he's a better player but that I personally like him better right cuz I'm a I'm a Melo fan but he's won two MVPs there 
And I'm going to tell you what, if he wins a championship for the Denver Nuggets this year, to me there's no doubt in my mind it's definitely going to be Jokic. So they're definitely going to have a dilemma on their hand with this one because bringing Melo in there, turning Melo to what he was in in the NBA, and then now Jokic is doing it, and they're both wearing the same number, eventually there's going to be a chance to retire that number. The problem is which chance is going to be bigger because there's a lot of loyal Mellow fans no matter where he went. So I, I'm curious to see how this one's going to play out. Well, you know, going off of Let me... going off what you're saying right there, John, it could be no different than how the Lakers retired both of Kobe's numbers. I could see them just like, hey, we're just going to retire it in a sense twice. We'll just hang two of them up there. And we'll have Jokic on one, and we'll have Carmelo on the other, and then just be done with it. Then they I, don't have to worry about upsetting any part of the fan yep. base. I think, I, and I honestly think that's what you do. So you were going to say something, Josh? Yeah, I was going to say, but before Ray mentioned that they retired both of them, we just hang them up at, both in the Raptors. I was going to say you have to take into consideration, in my opinion, which player played in a more physical league while they both played. Cuz in my opinion, early Carmelo when he was with the when he was with the Nuggets, that was a way more physical league than it is now. And you have to look at the numbers that Carmelo put up while he was playing then, you know. But in, in worst-case scenario, you have two 15s hanging up in the rafters and you don't ever have to mention that in a in a conversation where it's a more well Carmelo did this when the league was more physical or any type of situation like that. Well, we're going to see how this one plays out. I mean, congratulations to Carmelo. Uh, I know he hasn't played all year, but uh, definitely definitely losing a all-time great with him retiring. So, But moving into MLB. Uh, I was going to say before you throw it on to this next one real quick, I was just going to say touching on uh, what Josh was saying, and this is my last words, is you can't fault guys for being born later in life. It's not his fault he didn't play in a more physical league. So he's just playing with what he can. You can only make that argument against two people in the same time frame. And that's just where I sit on it. It's not Jokic's fault he's playing, but with how big he is and how physical he wants to be, I'm sure he would still be better than Carmelo, given that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, well, with that, we'll go ahead and roll into MLB. Josh, I know you uh, you definitely wanted to come on the show and talk about some MLB, so I will uh, let you do some little highlights of uh, the past week and kind of spin everybody up on some key games that you watch. Make sure they aren't, aren't all uh, Atlanta Braves either. I know how y'all Braves fans are. <laughs> yeah, no, man, I got you. So um, on Friday night, I'm just going to touch on a few games. I'm obviously not going to take up too much of you guys, uh, your guys' time. Um, so Friday night you had the Milwaukee Brewers and the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Um, the Rays ended up taking that one on Friday, 1-0. Um, the Yankees beat the Cincinnati Reds on Friday, 6-2. Um, then you had the Rangers beat the absolute snot out of the Rockies, 7-2. And the Rangers have actually, the Rangers have actually surprised me this year. Um, I thought, they were going to be terrible this year, and they're actually a really good team. Um, 
And then going into Saturday, you have the, let me see, the Orioles uh, beat the Blue Jays 6-5. Um, the Orioles are another team that have really surprised me this year, considering how they've been the last probably 8 to 10 years. Uh, they're they're definitely a playoff team this year, in my opinion. Uh, then you got the Nationals. They beat the Tigers 5-2. Um, the Diamondbacks beat the Pirates 4-3 on Saturday. And then closing it out on Sunday, you have the 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 Phillies beat the Cubs 2-1. Um, Craig Kimbrell got the save on, on that game. Uh, and then my Atlanta Braves <laughs> beat the Seattle Mariners 3-2. And um, let me go back to that one. I don't know what my computer just did. Um. Yeah, so the Braves beat the Mariners 3-2 that game. Uh, Jared Shuttler got his first win in the majors uh, that game. And then for the last game of MLB, I'm going to close it out with a Red Sox and the Padres. The Red Sox beat the Padres 4-2, and Chris Sale got the win. Hmm. That's and, the one uh, you chose, huh? Not the one where we won. Seven nothing. Okay, very well. I got it. Hey, Josh isn't coming on the show again. Ray, remind me that. <laughs> Kenley yeah, Jansen okay. got the save on I'll that one on Sunday. Keep note of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, my Padres are floundering. They're just hanging down there with the low lives, and uh, looks like y'all's Atlanta Braves are not. So I guess I'll. Uh, oh, take actually, my hold on. Let me correct hat. myself. Oh, oh, what the you got? Padres actually won seven zero on Sunday. Corey Kubler, uh, Corey Kubler got the loss that game. He's now two and six on the year. Um, and uh, what is this guy's name? Uh, I guess it would be Michael Waka. He got the win for the Padres. He's now five and one with a three point five eight ERA with forty five strikeouts. So I was wrong. Um, the Padres did win that game on on sunday my bad i apologize all right you're back on the show yeah it's uh it's been right, it's been I, a rough season for us it. man I <laughs> I <unmarked> it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a rough rough season start but uh but we got a long time so i need my padres to get together sooner than later but but we'll see i'm about to go pull my atlanta braves hat out of storage and Pull the dust off of them and put them back on, I guess, when the playoffs come if my Padres can't make it. Hey, we'll uh, welcome you back to the community with Chief welcome, on, we'll with okay welcome with arms that. if you need us. <laughs> Y'all both were ready to welcome me back. Jeez. <laughs> well, uh, you got to get on while well, the getting's good. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. I tell you, the getting's not good for the Padres this this year so far, <laughs> so they need to get it. They need to find the getting. But. Well, let's roll into uh to this topic here that that intrigued me a little bit, and um, so Colts owner recently Jim Ursay stated his top five players of all time. Now, Jim Ursay's had some great play for his Colts organization, mainly you know the sheriff there, old Peyton Manning. So you would assume, right? He's gonna be in the top five at least. Well, here's how the list broke down. Jim Brown, Tom Brady, John Elway, Deacon Jones, 
Reggie White. Top five. So, obviously, there's a an entry missing there that everybody's like, whoa, what? So he says, no doubt, Peyton, Barry, Sanders, and Jerry Rice in top ten. It's just that Elway didn't have great offensive players around him until the end when he won two in a row and his feet were remarkable from baseball talents. So, I know that this is Ray Ray's favorite player of all time, so I know he's probably going to be a little biased, but I wanted to compare the stats and see what both of you gentlemen think, right? Because uh, I like doing the, the comparing of, you know, who's better. So, I'm going to read out some stats here for y'all real quick. Or not some stats, but uh, some awards, rather. And uh, Elway, nine-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ, 1987 MVP, one Super Bowl MVP, two Offensive Players of the Years, 1992 Walton Payton Man of the Year, and also a Hall of Famer. Peyton Manning, 14 Pro Bowls, seven All-Pros, two-time Super Bowl champs, Five MVPs, one Super Bowl MVP, 2012 Comeback Player of the Year, 2005 Walter Payton Man of the Year, and also a Hall of Famer. Now, he also spoke on notable teammates, and I just wrote a couple down that I've seen. John Way had Terrell Davis, Shannon Sharp, who's a Hall of Fame tight end, and Rod Smith. Peyton Manning, notable. Jeff Saturday, which I'm assuming is going to eventually be a Hall of Famer. Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harris, Demarius Thomas, and Julius Thomas. Now, if you look at Demarius Thomas and Julius Thomas, they really were not big names when they did not play with Peyton Manning. I mean, they were decent, but they weren't really the household names that Peyton made them. So I put them on the list just because they were big during the time when Peyton won the Super Bowl with the Broncos. So I guess first we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll let... Since this is Ray Ray's boy, we'll let Ray Ray touch on this topic first. Ray Ray, if you're making a list, or if you're making your team, right, and you got to pick Elway or Manning, which one are you picking to be on your team? So, yeah, so with the biasness, obviously I'm going to pick Peyton Manning over John Elway, but you also have to think about what people have talked about there character-wise, and more people have talked about how Manning has accredited or they've accredited Manning to having a better career because of him, that he was just a more likable person, and that he was you know, just knowledgeable of football in general. And then people look over at John Elway, and they don't say as nice of, of things about him. So one, you know, you want your leader to be a likable guy. Um, Peyton's pedigree speaks for itself as well to be better. And then I just think overall, to, to bust out of that real quick, that uh, it makes sense why Jim Ursay did not re-sign Peyton when he came back, and at the same time, I almost feel like this list is made to be controversial just so the Colts actually have something to watch. You know, or people will watch the Colts to be like, man, is this really what that guy's saying? Look at his team, considering how awful they've been in, in recent history. Okay, Josh, what you think? Peyton Manning, John Elway, who thinks the better one? Well, I'm going to be completely biased in the situation here. Um, Peyton Manning's a UT boy. He went to the University of Tennessee, so you could throw me anybody, and I'm going to pick Peyton over anybody. Y'all are killing me, man. All right, well, all right, well, unlike you two, we're loyal to our colleges. (laughs) 
<laughs> Unlike you hey, but, two but, who but are. But don't get me wrong biased. though. John Elway was a dog. But Peyton Manning You're was a dog. You're going with your UT boy. I got it. I got it. Well, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna throw some stats <laughs> at y'all too, gentlemen. Right? Because uh, for anybody that's not biased, right? They're they're gonna sit here and say, "I watched both play. This one, that one. Blah blah blah." And uh, I like to say, stats don't lie. There is stuff, yes, that cannot be measured in stats, right? So we're not going to be able to measure every little thing that Peyton Manning or John Elway did in these stats. But stats are a good gauge to see. Uh, if you put Jerry Rice against Wells Welker, and I tell you which one's better, and you're like, well, Wells Welker has this and this and this, and Jerry Rice has this and this. Yeah, but Wells Welker did this in the Super Bowl and blah. Okay. So it doesn't always gauge everything. But John Elway. Over his career, rushing and passing, 333 touchdowns to Peyton Manning's 557. John Elway had 137 fumbles in his career. Peyton Manning had 75. John Elway threw 226 interceptions. Peyton Manning threw 251. John Elway had a QBR of 179.9 over his career. Peyton Manning had a QBR of 96.5 over his career. John Elway won 64.1% of his games. Peyton Manning won 70.2% of his games. So, just stats alone, right? If you give me two stats, you line those stats up, I'm going to tell you, every day of the week, I am taking Peyton Manning. So, I don't know what you know Jim Ursay is trying to say here. But uh, I don't know how you could say John Elway is the better player. And and I truly believe John Elway had talent around him. Like, he was thrown to a Hall of Fame tight end. Now, Peyton Manning did have Dallas Clark there. You know, I didn't mention him earlier. Peyton Manning had cast members around him. But the same way that John, uh, Ray Ray said earlier, Peyton Manning makes players better. As soon Absolutely. As, as soon as Peyton Manning got injured that one year, I think uh, I don't remember what happened to him, but he got injured. They went like one in fifteen. Yes, they went one in fifteen. They had a quarterback there with the last name Painter. I don't know if y'all remember him. Probably not because he did really bad. They went one in fifteen with this dude and with probably a couple other people because I'm sure they didn't leave him in there. I just remember that kid's name. Players left the Colts and the Broncos and they never did anything else in their career with Peyton Manning or without Peyton Manning throwing to him. So, yep, and they all I don't know, man. John Elway's not even in my top 10. Career during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, John Elway's yeah. probably not even in my top 25. I would really have to sit down, and there's a lot of football players to look at. Um, I can tell you, if I'm looking at quarterbacks alone, I don't know if John Elway's in my top five quarterbacks all the time. I know it's, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, you know, uh, they're both, both of them are above him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start looking at, you know, oh, uh, oh, Montana. Well, love him or hate him for you. You're going to have to throw Drew Brees somewhere in there because of all of his records and stats. Drew Brees, Dan Marino, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'd have to look at a lot of stats. To say that John Elway didn't have a lot of talent around him, just an ignorant statement at all. I mean, 100%. He, he had a Hall of Fame tight end. And we see that 
a lot of teams have a stud tight end, Kansas City Chiefs, do well. I mean, look at Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady. When you have a good tight end, that's a that's a quarterback security blanket. He had a Hall of Fame security blanket. So I don't know, man. I don't, I do do either one of y'all gentlemen. Well, obviously, I heard what you said, Ray. Josh, do you rate? Uh, do you have John Elway in your top five? Absolutely not. Um. Well. My top five would probably be <laughs> maybe a little <laughs> that was, aggressive. That was decisive um, and aggressive. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. John Elway's like, like you were saying, he had a Hall of Fame tight end, and people are always say, "Oh, he didn't have a team like he really didn't have that many weapons." Well, most games most games are decided on fourth and one. How many quarterbacks do you know that are going? to a wide receiver like Randy Moss or anything like that on fourth and one. Most quarterbacks are going to a slant on fourth and one to a tight end to get the first down and then drive down the field. Not many people, not many quarterbacks. One or the other. And he had Terrell Davis. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Not many quarterbacks are entered out long on fourth and one. And Peyton Manning is probably top three other than Drew Brees and Tom Brady. He, I mean, he's arguably in that discussion. It's probably yeah. going to be Brady, Manning, Drew Brees, and then the list goes on. I don't know where I put Elway, but I could tell you he's I – mean, He ain't in the top I, five for sure. I didn't think of – I didn't even think of Drew Brees when I was thinking of that list, Ray Ray. But, yeah – you bring that up. I mean, that's three, right? That's three quarterbacks alone that are in front of him. So I and think Lawrence Taylor's in front of him personally. Lawrence Taylor's one of the only he he won MVP as a defensive player. I mean, that's a, that's yeah, greatness, well, you know, man. When you when you talk quarterbacks, no particular order except for first. I think you have to put Tom Brady first. There's just no there's no real argument there anymore. He he's proven it as much as that hurts me to say. But just in quarterbacks alone, you have Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Dan Marino, and Joe Montana easily for me in the top five. That's without doing like any true research. That's without even trying to go back and look. I mean, that's still leaving out Joe Namath and others like that. So I just I just don't see how you put Elway anywhere close to the top. Nah. But well, all right, gentlemen. Well, we are coming to the end of the show here. Do uh Ray, you, uh, I'm going to do something a little different this week. I'll tell you what, before you give me your fact of the week, Ray, Ray I'm going to do something a little different this week, Ray Ray. I'm going to give a, a, a history story here that I stumbled across, man, and, and I love this. So this story is about uh, Kenichi Zinamora. So Kenichi Zinamora is uh, considered to be the father of Japanese-American baseball. So... He was a Japanese-American baseball player, manager, and promoter during World War II. So two months after Pearl Harbor, he and his family were forced into an incarceration camp. The camp was a Gala River War Relocation Center in Arizona. So while being in prison there, he began to establish a baseball community in the desert now. Uh, surrounded by watchtowers, barbed wire, armed guards, 
Most people saw a wasteland, but Kanichi, he saw a dream. He would cut down sagebrush and clear rocks by himself at first, but soon he had many others coming to help him with shovels and equipment to clear to clear what would become known as Zinamora Fib. So they used bags of rice as the bases and lines for drawing with flour. The pitcher rubber and home plate were both made of wood. Zinamora would soon organize a 32-team league that would be broken into three divisions. In 1945, the Tuscan Badgers, a three-time Arizona high school state championship team, would come play Zinamora's Eagles. It was a game that was close, and it went in the 10th inning, tied 10-10. Kenshi Zamora, or Zinamora, excuse me, Kenshi Zinamora, Kenichi's son, would drive in the game-winning run. After the game, they sat and ate watermelon and bonded. It would change the hearts of the visitors that day, and later it was quoted as having a player state, I realized that these people were Americans just like myself. Today, the home plate that Kanichi made is sitting in the Baseball Hall of Fame. So, that's an amazing story, man. During World War II, your country's turning on you because they don't know if you're to be trusted or not. They put you in a, you know, in a camp for everybody like you. They got armed guards there. You know, I mean, everybody's looking at like it can't get much worse than this, right? And this dude organized something to give the people hope and enjoyment and stuff. It's, it's just an awesome story, man. When I read it, I was like, wow. So that is a uh, instead of my fact of the week, that is my my history lesson for the week. So, Ray Ray, what's your uh, what's your fact of the week, my friend? Man, so first of all, I'm just going to have to call you Captain Lascay if you're just going to start dropping knowledge on us. But uh, <laughs> I got I got two things for you. One of them is going to sit better with Josh on this one because he knows these players better. So, uh, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox and Pedro Martinez struck out over 12,000 hitters combined, but they faced Tony Gwynn 330 times and only struck him out That's right, three baby. Times. And, uh, j- that's right, baby. J- just so you know, that's, uh, that's a lot of Hall of Famers that weren't able to. But my second one is uh, I have a little history for you, too, that I, that I was actually going to give about the K for strikeout. So the English-born sports writer Henry Chadwick is credited with the K letter des- designed for the strikeouts. The reason why he chose K because it was the last letter in struck, because an S was already used to indicate a sacrifice. So that is why you get Ks when you strike people out. Wow, that's pretty good. I always wondered that. Like, what? I, I, I you know, I'd never looked into it, but I always wondered, like, why do you get a K? versus an S or an ST or something. But makes sense now. I mean that's pretty yeah, cool. So man. uh shout out to shout out to one of the fans of the the show who got me a baseball trivia book and that is where the uh the history of the K oh, came from for man. tonight. All right, all right. Well, I see yeah, I see y'all there throwing out history lessons and uh and and facts there. Josh, you uh I'm not gonna put you on the spot and ask you if you got any question, but you got a you got a uh, shout out or anything this week. I actually have a fact for this show. I know oh, last man. time I was on, I have a fact. 
Oh my goodness. So, Never would have known. I know. It's crazy. I know. Ah. So this weekend alone in the MLB, um, they had an attendance of 1.5 million people over the last weekend, which was um, the best weekend attendance in the months of April and May since 2017, which is crazy to think that 1.5 million people went were in all of the major league parks in one weekend, which is crazy in my opinion. Okay. A lot of people. A lot of people. I can't wrap my number around my head around that uh, that large of a quantity of people, but a lot of people. Well, do uh do you got any shout outs this week, Josh? Mm, I'm gonna let y'all go and then I'll think on it. Alright. Ray Ray, I'll uh, I'll give so you the floor first. <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, so this week I'm going to uh, shout out as a little bit of shade to AT and T for this wonderful internet service that they have out here in what shouldn't be the boonies. Uh, shout out to my father who's 300 yards away with hardwired AT and T. Gary, my next door neighbor on the same street with hardwired AT and T. And uh, I don't know their names, but I know they got it because I've seen the truck out there. <laughs> But uh, but but I don't qualify. So hey, thanks AT and T. This one's brought to uh, this episode's brought to you by them. <laughs> but for real, for real, uh, no cap. Also, thank you once again to Bucked Up for choosing to sponsor us. And I think you got oh, a little something man. there to, to shout out too, there, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I was gonna gonna go ahead and shout out. Well, first off, again, like he said, thanks, uh, Bucked Up. Um, before I roll into what I got, we uh, we actually got a couple different little things going on, man, like a promotion-wise. So um, if uh, if y'all want to check it out, I'm, uh, I'm going to drop links on our social medias. But you can actually go and get free samples and the shaker with Bucked Up right now. All you got to do is pay for shipping and handling, which is less than $6. So quality shaker quality products i've already got mine already used it you're not going to get products and quality like this for the price you're not going to get a shaker for under six bucks so if you go to the gym man check them out like i said i'll have the links dropped on our social medias you can definitely get your free samples and stuff um and then when you go onto the website if you actually decide to order some product you can use our promo code l2w sports and get 20 percent off so that's first off. Second off, we are also just became affiliated with uh, Savage Barbell. So it's uh, it's gym apparel. It's in, you know for anybody that likes to uh, likes to be active, whether it's lifting, CrossFit, whether it's you know uh, running, whatever it may be. They got uh, they got apparel for for all walks of life. Some really cool stuff, man. I, I love it. Their their apparel is actually worn in a lot of like uh, CrossFit competitions, weightlifting competitions. I, I I've seen them all over for a long time. So we are uh, we are really blessed to be able to support and work with a company like them. Same promo code as Bucked Up L Two W Sports. There's no space in between, um, and this one gets you ten percent off. So check them out. 
Use the code, get you some free swag gear uh, so you can rep them in the gym. They got some really, really cool stuff. Shorts, t-shirts, hoodies, you name it. Tank tops, all kind of stuff. So that's my little uh, my little piece thrown out there. And then uh, since, I, since I know about this, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to Josh for not only coming on the show, but also uh, he just turned 17 uh, Saturday, I think he said. So hey, happy birthday, Josh, <laughs> for turning uh for turning seventeen again. So man, hey, yeah, baby, one more year, you're getting closer to voting. <laughs> okay. Oh man, I don't know how old you turned for real, but hey, happy birthday, big dog. Appreciate it, man. It was twenty four this year, so. Yeah, what a baby, still a child. Shoo. Yeah, no, I, I feel old. Uh, what's your shout out, Josh? What's your shout out? I'm gonna shout out you guys for having me back on the podcast this week. Um, That's so I sweet. know that Ray has been mentioning mentioning it to me uh, about me coming back on, but um, I just want to say to you guys that I really appreciate you guys having me back on the podcast, and uh, I really like coming on here and just talking about sports and doing whatever and just hanging out with you guys for the hour and 15 minutes, hour, 20 minutes that we're, that we're able to talk. It, uh, it means a lot. Man. Hey, thanks, man. That means a lot to us for real. Well, John, I don't have anything else, man. Unless, uh, unless you got anything else, Josh, do you? Nah, I ain't got nothing else. Josh. I don't have anything else. Ray, Ray, did you make it to work on time today, this week? Well, no, man, I was, I was about to tell you, I, I'm uh, standing here at the checkout line in, in Home Depot. These people have been looking around me. I'm trying to buy these shingles and get them back to my crew so that way they're not late to get home. <laughs> uh, they've been calling me. They're a little, a little pissed off, so I, I got to go. All right, man. All right, well, uh, well, hey, with that, we're late to work sports, and we out. See ya. See ya. Thank you.